Good morning. Everybody survived Blackberry Week, I suppose. <laughs> My goodness, I did not know it was such a big deal. We pulled out Main Street yesterday, and I was like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> there's, there's people from everywhere. What a blessing. And we were able to go and to, to, to let people know about the love of Christ. Uh, so, so pumped about that yesterday, which thanks to, to Brother Jim and so many others who made it possible to have that float. We won second place in our contest. So let's give the Lord a hand clap. Man, so many folks. Uh, yesterday was just a neat day. The whole weekend was cool. Uh, Jaron and I, we stepped out in our front yard last night and what a show we had. Jaron was like, this is really cool. <laughs> I was like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. We're going to continue in our study here in the book of Acts, and I want to, I want us to kind of continue with this thought of fellowship. Um, I guess if I were to entitle this sermon, I would call it the Fellowship of the King too, because last week we were talking about fellowship and, and like the, uh, the effect of fellowship upon a community. That when you and I come together in Christ, focused upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, then what we're going to see is, is a change in our hearts, and we're going to see a change in the hearts around us. And that's exactly what the church here in the book of Acts was experiencing. They were focusing upon Jesus, and in that focus, things begin to change. Now, how many of y'all want to see change in your life? You know, how many of we want to see changes in our church and what God is doing in our midst, what God is doing in, in so many churches around the world is, is he's calling us to be united. He's calling us to be as one. He's calling us to devote ourselves to the gospel. And that's, that's where we're, we're at this morning. And I want us to be a people who do that. So this morning, if you would turn to Acts chapter two, we're going to, we're going to read through that little passage of scripture that we did last week, because I, I think it ties into Acts chapter three, where uh, they were all together, but then you kind of see an example of what was going on in their midst. That devotion didn't just lift the church up, but that devotion reached out to people who were hurting and who were in pain. And that's exactly where you and I are today. I've said it before in this series, but I kind of refuse to admit that the the acts that we see in the book of Acts, I don't think they're separate from where you and I are today. But the Holy Spirit's still moving. Say amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit is still powerful. He's still still leading his church. And, And you and I today have that same ability through Christ. For the glory of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to advance the gospel. In Acts chapter 2, look there, and starting with verse 42, and it says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. I love that. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, underline that, And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the sweet, sweet fellowship that we have because of the church that you have given us. We get to be a part of that. Lord, we we get to come together and worship you 
And even the very gates of hell cannot come against us. Lord, we love you. Lord, may we be a people who who storm those gates. May we be a people who, who, who can't contain the gospel that was, is within us. And that we may be like the church here in Acts, Lord, that we live by the power of the Holy Spirit and we see things happen. Not because we're good, not because we're Southern Baptists, but because you are a good God and your Holy Spirit is powerful. And Jesus's love, Jesus's sacrifice is for, is for all eternity. It's for all who will believe and repent. Lord, we love you. We ask this in your name. Amen. And we, again, we're kind of coming back to this passage of scripture. And it, uh, I wasn't really going to include it in this week's. And then, then I did. And, and so what, what I want us to think about, there was one word that just kept, kept sticking out. It's this word devotion. We talked a little bit about it last week, but devotion. I think one of the questions I asked last week is, how, how would people define you? You know, if people were to say who you are, what would they say? Are they just going to say you're a good person, you're, you know, you're a good American, you're a good McLeodite? Is that what we're called? I'm not sure what we're called. McLeodians? McLeodicians? I don't know. Anyways, we'll have a business later and we'll decide it, okay? But being a person from McLeod, you know, I mean, is, are we just defined by that? Are we just defined as a Baptist? I love when we go in like crowds and there's different churches in town. We all kind of rib each other, you know. There was there was one guy yesterday Ray and I were talking to, and he was he was talking about, uh, oh yeah, they're Lutherans, you know. He says, you know how the Lutherans are, you know, like that. <laughs> I was like, well, well, Baptists are the same way. They just don't acknowledge each other while they're doing it, you know. It's just that's, that's really much pretty much the difference there. But the thing that we need to know today, the thing we can understand today, is that the Holy Spirit is good for all people. Amen. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. And what we need to be defined as is people who know Christ, yes, but also people who are devoted to the work of the Holy Spirit. We're devoted to preaching the gospel. We're devoted to bringing glory to God. And devotion does something really cool in the life of the believer. Devotion does something so cool. And I don't want us to think about this this morning, that, that as we're coming together, that devotion is not just, it doesn't just make us look good, okay? If you look at someone who's devoted, you say, man, that's really cool. They're devoted. You go to the track and you see some guy running, you know? He's got like a 12-pack, you know? He's running, not, not beer, he's... He's got a 12 pack of abs there running. You know what I mean? You think that dude's devoted like to diet. He's devoted to exercise, right? Have you ever been to a Thunder game? Well, not now because we just, apparently we're just, you know, getting little kids to play basketball for us. But, but the, but back in the day, you know, I mean, if you, if you remember, I remember the first, first game I ever went to, NBA game, uh, was when New Orleans came up here and the Hornets were here. And I remember seeing like, uh, they played Chicago that night that we came in Chicago and the guys and Joni and I, we sat right by the tunnel where they all ran out. I'm like, these guys are huge. And then you see them go out there and they're shooting and they're making it, right? And then their skill. And you think these guys are devoted to their sports. Church, we have got to be a people that are not just devoted to setting in a pew, but we must be known as a people who are devoted to preaching the gospel. That's it. If you want to grow a church, it's not about just, well, I'm going to show up and pay my tithes. I'm glad people do that. But church, we have to also be people who share the gospel and the church in Acts is defined as that type of church. And they're devoted to that call. That's, that's what it's all about. They're devoted to that. 
And devotion leads to seeing the works of God. If I were to ask how many people want to see the works of God, everybody's like, yeah, I want to see that, right? Devoted to seeing the works of God. Devotion leads to awe. Don't you guys want to go to church and just be like, man, that was awesome. Don't you want to go to an event, a ministry, and just say, wow, did you see what God did? You know, coming off of uh, our, our False Creek week, we always have a spirit of awe when we come back from False Creek. So we're like, man, God moves in such a big way there. And I think it's awesome that God moves at False Creek, but don't you think God wants to move here in the same way? We, we seem to think that there's only certain places that, you know, I've heard it said that, you know, False Creek's like the, the Baptist Mecca. That's where everybody goes. You know, once a year we make our, our pilgrimage over there. But the thing is, is that, that God wants to move all the time. He wants to move all the time. Your pastor wore a shirt yesterday and it was very, I wanted something that kind of stood out because I knew I'd be walking down the street and it was white with black and it said, God is good, right? So you guys know I say that all the time. It's something I've just, my dad gave it to me. I don't know where he got it from, but, but you know, it's, it's a big saying among churches. And I, uh, but I was walking down and I'm passing out flyers and people are like, all the time, you know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'd turn around, I'd stop. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know? That's a message that stuck with people. It resonates with people. Is it that message? It is. It's that statement, sure, but it's the gospel that changed someone's life that says, that's right. It was so big. We were walking down the street, and I had my shirt, and I heard some lady over here go, all the time. And I'm like, I look over there, and then she brings us hats that say, God is good on them. (laughs) God is good. And devotion leads us to being in awe of him. I was just in awe. I'm like, there's a bunch of believers in this crowd. I mean, honestly, as a pastor, I'm, I, when we turned down Main Street and I just saw it like a horde of people down there, there I was like, man, there's a bunch of people here. But as I, as, I, as I turned and I looked down that street, I was like, in my heart, actually, I was thinking, how many lost people are in this crowd? And it's really easy for me to think just that. But then, you started seeing other believers in the crowd too, you know? It's, it's not just Daniel. It's not just First Baptist that's working towards the gospel. It's a lot of people. And if we all come together in unity, if, if we all come together focused upon the gospel, devotion leads to awe. We devote ourselves to that. We're going to be in awe. We're going to be like, man, that was awesome. And I walked in Ray's classroom this morning, and there's like, like 40 people over there. I'm like, this is a huge class. I was in awe. We know it's not because of Ray, right? I mean, we understand that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ray, Ray knows I'm kidding. I'm thankful for guys like Ray. I'm thankful for people like you who devote themselves to ministry. We can and we can. Our church has been here for a long time, and it's not because of us, right? Like anything good that's going on now, I mean, sure, we're, we're contributing, we're, we're helping, you know, but, but this has been going on a long time. There's been a lot of people who were devoted to Christ over the last hundred and some odd years, right? And even before that, somewhere along the way, there were some settlers that moved to Oklahoma and said, you know what, we're going to start a Baptist church here. And they were devoted to that. I would say more devoted than you and I, we jump in an air-conditioned car and drive down here to air conditioning. These people came on in wagons, you know? These people battled dysentery, I suppose. These people battled all kinds of stuff, civil wars and, and range wars, social upheaval. They had all this going on, and yet they still were devoted to the gospel. And that devotion leads to all. That devotion leads to unity. It leads to unity. We're, we're coming up with T-shirts that are going to kind of be uh, 
double duty t-shirts. I guess we're going to wear them for, for VBS, but then we're also, you know, we're going to release this. Uh, and the shirt is, um, we are one. That's, just, that's all it says on the front is we are one. Some people might say, well, what does that mean? Well, what this means is that as a group of believers, we're not just identified by our t-shirt, but we're identified by the fact that we are focused upon the gospel, all of us, that we're all sold out for it. That when we come together, we're sold out for Christ. We're going to do great things, not because we're great, but because he is great. And if we're devoted to the gospel, it's going to lead to unity. I believe in this world today, we need unity above about everything else. Our nation is so divided. Even our our Southern Baptist convention is divided. What, What do we need to do? We need to unite under the gospel Devotion leads to growth. I, I hope that in a year that, that we're bigger than we are now, not numbers, but I'm saying spiritually speaking, don't you think that growth needs to be something that's happening in our own personal lives? I'll tell you something, our Wednesday night Bible study, I feel a growth in that group. Our prayers are a lot sweeter and a lot deeper and a lot richer. That's, that's a good thing. It's not that we were terrible before, but I think God wants to continue working in us as we go along. So coming together with this idea of devotion, it leads to growth. It, it also, it leads to generosity. We, we need to be a people who are defined as generous. Some of y'all were really generous by throwing candy at people's heads yesterday. That was awesome. <laughs> Even my little three-year-old, he's like, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like we were stoning people for their sins, you know? I was like... <laughs> Tone it down a little bit, maybe underhand it. You know, I mean, I, I don't know that we need to hit people in the heads. But they hit me in the head a couple times. I'm like, I'm, I'm your preacher. You, you man, we got some friendly fire going on there yesterday. It was, but, but that's the thing is generosity is. It's more than just giving candy. It's more than just giving these things. I mean, you know, we gave out over 275 flyers yesterday to to invite kids to church, and I was sitting here thinking, what if they all show up? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, our first night we had, you know, 1,500 kids show up. Whoa. Some of us are like, well, it just wouldn't happen. No, it would happen. We'd make it work. If we're going to preach the gospel to these kids, we're going to do it. We're going to be generous in that way. Praise God if we get that many. You know, just, just, this, just the sweetness of the gospel, it, it leads us to, to seeing generosity as being a thing. But again, what are we devoted to? Are, are you devoted to... To Pastor Daniel, you devoted to the church, or you devoted to Southern Baptist Convention. I, I love being an Oklahoma Baptist, don't you? I do. I like what we're doing. I love being a Southern Baptist, even with all of our stinky stuff. I love being a Southern Baptist. the The work of the gospel within us is is, is good. It's I believe where we need to be. Are we perfect? No. I mean, the church, as we know historically, they've had problems for a long time. They've had differences. All the councils and all the things that they did, over it was because of differences, right? But yet somehow we all get through that, and the way that we get through it is a focus on the gospel. So we need to be devoted to the gospel. Now what happens when we come together? I, th- I thought this was interesting. Yesterday I had this like real world picture of what happens when we come together. We had people who were really good at like putting floats together. We had people who were real good about, you know, getting candy donated. People were real good about, um, you know, making flyers. I found out that our paper cutter is not real good at all. And so <laughs> that's why, uh, Sandra, that's why our, our papers were like all different sizes. Okay. So, uh, but we need a new, we need a new paper cutter, Eileen. And we talked about, amen, amen. We talked about it. I'm going to, after service, we're going to burn that one. And then tomorrow you're just going to get online and order one. Okay. Cause we need one. But 
Um, <laughs> give you the match, sorry. <laughs> but the thing that we know is that there were so many people that chipped in to make this work, right? You know, there were so many, so many different types of folks that had their different, their different talents. We we had we had a youth that never even attended our church get on the float yesterday. And, and I know we might be like, well, you know, she we need to do background checks. We need to make sure they believe in Jesus and all. We could we could be that way, or we could do this. We could rejoice because we were we were driving afterwards. Um, uh, Austin and I we were driving driving up here, and they were in the back. And and that young lady said, "I'll be there Wednesday night." What a beautiful thing! I mean, you talk about the the reach of the gospel. It even impacted the people that came to work for us. <laughs> that's that's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing, that when devotion happens to the gospel, then things change. Look here, look at chapter 3. I want you to listen to this story. This, this is where the impact of the gospel happens. These people, you know what? They're coming together. They're worshiping. You hear that their, their numbers are growing, right? They're breaking bread together. Man, they're, they're putting those crock pots to work. I mean, they're having all these dinners. They're enjoying fellowship, but they didn't keep it to themselves, They didn't keep it to themselves. And may we not be guilty of just keeping this goodness, this sweetness to ourselves. Look at verse 1, chapter 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple. For what? For prayer. For worship, right? They're on their way to worship. They were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they... Daily laid at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Look at what happens when people just live out the gospel in their daily lives. You know, they weren't going to the temple to have some type of healing service. Understand that, right? We got all these people on TV. Oh, y'all, y'all, we're going to have a healing service. I don't even know. I guess TBN still exists. I don't know. But that's one station, you know, in particular, you could always flip on TBN and there's somebody there, you know, getting a headache, right? And, and somebody getting hit in the head. Somebody, you know, there's all this stuff that's going on on that station where they're having these, these, these prayer services that are not really prayer services. They're a healing service, right? I, I know God works healing. I know God heals people. I believe that. But what I do know for sure is that we need to be a people who live out the gospel wherever we go. Peter and John weren't going to have a healing service. They weren't going to pass out prayer hankies. They weren't going to sell a special anointing oil. You know what they were doing? They were going there just to pray. They were going there just just to, to have a time of fellowship with God. And along the way, opportunity happens. Church, we have opportunities every single day. 
We have opportunities to spread the gospel. And it's not just Blackberry Festival. That's a huge opportunity. Amen. Like I was sitting there thinking last night, what are some things we could do? Like different things. That's a lot of people. And it's good that we pass out flyers and we hit them in the head with candy. That's great and all. But what else can we do? It's good that we handed out water. That's great, right? People appreciate that. But what are other ways that we can let people know that Jesus is Lord? These, these guys, they were just walking along and they saw this opportunity. And, and I think what we need to know about the gospel is that the gospel, when we devote ourselves to it, the gospel does some beautiful things. You guys are sitting here as believers this morning because the gospel hit you right up in the face somewhere along the way. You were sitting in a church, driving down the road, at a vacation Bible school, at a church camp, wherever you were saved. At some point along the way, the gospel hit you square in the jaw and you were like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And you repented and you believed. And God has blessed you ever since. If that's you this morning, that's, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm glad we have churches full of believers. But the thing is, is that we're not called just to assemble together and just be believers together. We're called to take the good news outside these walls. We're called to be a people, you know what, who get down and dirty and disciple people sometimes. This past week, um, my, uh, one of my best friends of 31 plus years passed away. You know, that's hard, isn't it? I thought about Mike. Mike was was a guy who, uh, I wasn't going to talk about Mike this morning. I'm going to talk about Mike. But Mike was a guy who, uh, he, he came to a youth retreat. Uh, he was invited by one of my best friends, brother. Um, he comes to the youth retreat, and I'm thinking, well, this is cool. This, you know, we saw new kids at this retreat, so we were kind of excited. As a as a pastor's kid, I was excited to see new new people at the retreat. And and um, we were out back playing basketball at the church there and more, and I look up and, and Mike's sitting over here like this and his glasses are on the ground. So he gets up, he takes his glasses, he gets in his car and he just leaves. And I was like, well, that kid will never be back, you know. He's three years older than me, but I was thinking that guy will never be back. Well, about the time it came for supper, he came back. <laughs> I don't know, maybe supper helps. But but he came back, right? And he had another pair of glasses on and and um, it was soon thereafter he gave his life to the Lord. He, he, he didn't have an upbringing like he probably needed. His parents are good people and all. And Jesus, teachings of Jesus were there, but he didn't know Christ personally. Gave his life to Jesus. And for the last 31 years, we've been guys who've been growing up in Jesus together. You know, from, from being teachers at camps, we accepted the call to ministry at the exact same time time pretty much you know uh, we, we were in a we were in a don't judge we were in a Christian rock band and we traveled around the United States and told people about Jesus through loud music and all of that and and we just had some really great times I mean we, we were standing on the stage when, when we were married and we were we were around when, when our kids were growing up and we just enjoyed life together you know but time time happens and things happen and praise God he's in heaven today but I couldn't rejoice this morning. I couldn't even probably talk about it this morning. In fact, I wouldn't even have known Mike if it wasn't for Jesus. And what the gospel does, the first point I would say this morning, is the gospel brings beauty to depravity. What this world needs today is beauty. And I think the church that we're called to be a people who are just beautifying the church, don't you? Beautifying the world, beautifying our society, beautifying our town. And what I mean by that is what we're, everywhere we go that the essence of the gospel is preached. That everywhere we go, it's like, like when we leave, it's just better than before. That, that it's, not, it's not the same. John MacArthur says that the simplicity of the gospel gives 
what the complexity of human wisdom promises but never delivers. The, the gospel's the answer. We can, we can try to, you know, use our brains and everything. We're going to try to, you know, rash, rationalize like how to do ministry or rationalize how to do a church. We can go to a million different pastors' conferences and church growth conferences, but until we focus upon the gospel, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter a bit. And that simplicity of the gospel, it's there for all people. Aren't you glad the gospel's simple? Sim- sinful man, right? Gracious and loving God sends his son. If you repent and believe upon him, it's good stuff. If you reject him, if, if, you, if, you, if you're not a, a person who believes, it's not so good. It's simple. It's like you either choose or you don't. You, you either love, you, you're either saved or you're not. I mean, it's, it's, it's just very simple. And, and how are we saved? Do we know Romans tells us how we're saved, amen? How are we saved? You believe, right? Romans tells us that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. I mean, it's, it's like super simple. We can sit here and all day, and I know in Baptist we like to argue. We can argue Arminian or we can argue Calvin, right? We, you go either way. Which way are we? You know what I say? What I do know is that Matthew 28 says to proclaim, to advance, to preach the gospel. Because the gospel is so powerful, it can save people in spite of us. <laughs> We may think we're so much a part of this process. We just get to be a part, but, but really it's the gospel that saves people. And it, it takes that ugliness, that depravity within the world, it, it, it trades it for beauty. Take on the beautiful, the beautifulness of the gospel. There, there's a piece even in here in the word gospel, isn't there? But, but think on the, the beautiful change to lost people. We we had some some people on the float yesterday who have recently accepted Christ as their Savior, and I was thinking, uh, there's one, one person in particular. I was looking at them, and I'm like, a month ago, you probably couldn't have got that person to get on a float and pass out candy, you know, but they showed up early to get on a float to pass out candy because they want people to know about what Jesus has done. That's the beauty of the gospel. You know, it doesn't make any sense that they should be there. I mean, you know, they were teenagers. Why, why would they want to come and do this? <laughs> I mean, they're going to ride on a float that's really religious, you know? Because, I mean, it was. It was religious. It's a church float, right? And they're going to stand in front of the whole town and throw candy at them and be associated with this group of people? That's beautiful. I told Joni yesterday when we were on the phone, I was on the phone with her, and I said, this, this is like that next generation of people that will be doing ministry here, you know? But the thing is, is they're doing it now. So they're not waiting, but, but they're those people that are going to be in leadership. They're going to be doing that. And that's the beauty in the gospel. The gospel trades that depravity, that ugliness for beauty. Think about that change that happens to lost people. Think about your own change because of the gospel. Think upon the beautiful Savior that we serve. Amen? Christ, Christ is so, so beautiful to mankind. Think on the beautiful work of the gospel. I, I heard yesterday, we were going down down the main stretch of road there. And then, of course, you've got a bunch of people over here that like to kill babies, and they've got, a, they've got a thing up saying how much they love to kill babies. I mean, you can call it what you want, but that's it, right? Hands off my womb. Hands off my body. Are you kidding me? What about the, what about the, the body of that baby? And it angers me, and like I'm very passionate against that stuff. I've, I've worked with, with legislators. I'm happy with the way things are going now. But, but here's the thing. I can't approach that person in anger either. 
you know, as much as I wanted to throw a chocolate bar in that woman's head, I didn't. Because the love of Christ is bigger than my emotions, right? Are they wrong? Yeah, they're wrong. I don't think anybody here would say, well, they got you know, they're, they're kind of right. If, if you're saying that, we need to talk, we need to talk, okay? Because I don't care. Killing a baby is just wrong. Particularly being a nation that defines ourselves as the people who give you the right to kill your baby. Man, I don't know. Sometimes if I want to be an American, if that's what we're really going to come to you, praise God that we've changed some of our rulings. I'm, I'm thankful Roe v. Wade's gone. Is there going to be other problems that come across? Yeah, there are. Are there times, when, you know, we, we, yeah, yeah, we can do the what ifs all day long. But at the core, the gospel values life. And at the core, it's wrong to take a life. At the core. Well, we can work all this other stuff out as we go along. But the beauty in the gospel is it, 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 it trades that depravity out. And what the world needs today is beauty. Not more killing. Not, not, not more death. We need to be a people who are going out here and we're preaching life. Second thing I'd say is the gospel directs our focus. We have, a, we have a society that's very unfocused on life, on anything. They don't know what they're doing. You're like, yeah, all I got to do is look at, you know, look at the president or look at the Congress or look at our governor. Or, you know, I'm hitting all the, all the different political groups here, okay? But we can look at our, the way our world is led. It just, we just really seem unfocused. Like nobody knows how COVID works, right? Nobody understands any of this kind of stuff. It's just that we're a very unfocused world where everything's just so confusing. But I'll tell you, if we focus upon the gospel, it's interesting that when, when, when Peter and John come to this man, it, it, they say, hey, look at us. Focus. My three-year-old man, he's, he's got so much life in him. And sometimes I just have to grab it, you know, uh, hold his little cheeks and I say, look at me. And you know what's cool with that? When he looks at me and he hears me, he obeys. 70% of the time, he obeys. <laughs> There's some of us, we need to let Jesus just grab our cheeks and focus us. Say, hey, look at this. When we come together as a church, I mean, I, we had a two-hour leadership meeting the other night. You know what? It was good, wasn't it? Those of you all that were there, I mean, it was a good meeting. We didn't go in there and duke it out, you know? I mean, Ray and Jim fought a couple times, but other than that, you know, I mean, that was just more for entertainment purposes. The gospel brings about a direction to our focus, and we need that in our lives. Charles Swindoll says that vision is the ability to see God's presence. Everybody says, hey, I want vision for this church. When God gives us the ability to see his presence and to see his working, that's called vision. Are we going to know every in and out? No. Man, we're going into a VBS. It's been a couple years. You got a new pastor. There's new people coming on board. Praise God, we had like 25 or some, some odd people come and sit for a meeting to say they're going to be volunteers. We got youth that are ready to go to for that, particularly the Wednesday night with all the craziness that will happen that night. But, but the thing is, is that when we're talking about coming together to proclaim the gospel, there's nothing sweeter than that. So what do we do when we go into a new ministry? We focus. I kept having people say, hey, what time do we need to get to church tomorrow? And I was like, I don't know. It's my first year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this goes. I didn't know there'd be 1.5 million people here yesterday. You know, I didn't know. I was like, I don't know. I'll just show up to the church. And if, if we're parked somewhere else, I'll, I'll shuttle you. You know, I mean, we're just trying to, trying to go, go with it. And so what do we do in those unknown times? We focus on Jesus. We focus upon the gospel. Vision is that ability to see God's presence, to perceive God's power, to focus on God's plan in spite of obstacles. 
Are we going to have obstacles when we start a ministry or do a VBS? Yeah. I told you guys about when I mean, we loaded up that, the bus to go to Falls Creek, got everybody in there, stuck the key in there, and it wouldn't even turn over. <laughs> Is that an obstacle? I mean, I guess you could say it's an obstacle, but, but in a very practical sense, we're always going to have obstacles like that that kind of try to get in the way. But we also, I saw it as an opportunity to pray. I saw it as an opportunity to see God start that thing, whether it would start or not. So we have to be a people of vision. We have to be a people who direct our focus upon Jesus. That we direct our focus upon who he is. So the gospel, it does direct our focus. The gospel, I, I think the next thing I would say is that the gospel is free. How many of y'all like free? I love free. Man, it's so great. You know, like it's like when you go to McDonald's and you're eating your Big Mac and you go through your fries and you look in the bottom of that bag and the Lord has blessed you with one extra six-foot fry, right? <laughs> We've all had that. Somebody told me one time that's the Lord's fry, you know? It's like, <laughs> you're supposed to bring that to your pastor. <laughs> with it with a packet of ketchup and some pepper. But we all know like that, that feeling of, of, of being blessed, of, of seeing something free, of getting something free. Think about the gospel. I, I mean, I, I talked about it with our, uh, one of our, Bible, our Sunday school groups this morning. You know, I mean, it's good that we have business meetings. It's good that we have policies. It's good that we have these things. The reason I say it, it's good because God has blessed us so much, we have to have order, Right? But when it comes to the gospel, just share it. Just tell people. It's free, right? It's, it's not something that's costing us. This, this man looks at, looks at Peter and John, and he's like, hey, give me, some, give me some money. You know, Here's my cash app. Send me some money or whatever. You know, he's looking at them, and he's like, hey, I need some money. And they're like, you know what? <laughs> We're broke. You know they're preachers when they say, I don't have any money for you, but I have the gospel. I have the good news. Church, it doesn't matter what comes our way. COVID could completely decimate the church. You know, churches across America are suffering right now. You know, our church, we, you know, we're, we're on the upbuild. We're on the uptick now from, I believe, from what COVID did. But all along the way, the gospel's still free, isn't it? The government could come and take our buildings, imprison all our leaders, take away our Bibles, take away everything that we know now and enjoy. And the gospel would still be free. It would still be there. It would still be a, a beautiful thing. Freely we have been given. Guys, freely we should give. Why in the world would we want to keep it to ourselves? I love what Spurgeon says. He says, I will not believe that thou hast tasted the honey of the gospel if thou hast and cannot eat it all to thyself. In other words, you've tasted it, but wouldn't you share it? If the gospel's good, wouldn't you want to share that? But I think what the American church in particular has done is we've kind of like tasted and seen that the Lord is good and we just keep it to ourselves. Man, isn't it good? I love this. We don't want to bring more people in here because, you know, they're just going to cause problems. I had uh, some, some pastor friends a few years ago. They were starting a church. I said, well, what, you know, kind of what's, what's your goal? Like, you know, what, what's your goal as you're building this church? And they said, well, we're going to keep it small. <laughs> And I was like, you're, you're, wait, wait, what? You're going to keep, keep it small? And I said, yeah, we're going to keep it small because when you get more people there, it's just problems. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm a Baptist. I understand. I get the, I get the whole problem thing. But what do you mean you're going to keep it small? I said, well, it's just, that way we can, we can control it more. 
boss. That's quote unquote what I was told. This church I'm talking about, it, I look at them today. I, I was talking to some friends the other day and there's, they just continually run people off from Jesus. These people come, they have these experiences with Jesus and then in a few months they run them off. And those people, you know, guess what? They don't go to church somewhere else. Every now and then at Purim, we would get a few that would come. Um, but for the most part, most of those people just don't want to have anything to do with the church anymore. Why? Because that's not a church that's preaching the gospel. That's not a church that's focusing on the gospel. That's not a church that's giving the gospel for free. And if we've tasted of the goodness of the gospel, why wouldn't we share it? My, my heart hurts for the people in, in, in our area. You know, I, I've been praying really hard lately about Turkey. And I'm just like, I've had a few nights. I'm just really heavy for people. It's really heavy for people that I'm going to meet while I'm there because I, I, I understand that I'm not going that this is not like vacation. This is not good times. This is like one of those things where there's some danger and there's some of this and there's some of that. But, but by and large, there's going to be people that I'm going to tell people about Jesus too. It's going to happen. Like that's my goal. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's, that's why I want to do this. There's a, there's a movement in Turkey for, for the gospel. Churches that are underground, and some of them are actually being allowed to happen. If we can go and grow that ministry there, how cool would it be to see Turkey as a Christian nation once again? I mean, for crying out loud, that's the seven churches in Revelation. It's right there, you know? That's exactly where it was at. It happened. And, and so to see that, I, I believe that the gospel is free. Share it with everybody. I mean, you don't have to go to Turkey to do that. You can do that down there at the post office. You can do that. In your own homes, you can do that here in McLeod. Freely it's been given. Freely may we give. Last thing I would say this morning is the gospel brings amazement. Everybody say amazement. You know, that fire truck just going by. If Jaron was in here, he'd be like, (gasps) you know, he'd be amazed. Somewhere along the way in our Christianity, it's like, you, you, you hear about things. You open your bulletin. There's needs, right? You know, we, we need, you know, maybe help in the nursery or vacation Bible school is coming up or we're needing this. Or, you know, there's, there's always a need within there. For most of us, when we open that up, we're just like, oh, let's be honest, right? I mean, if I, if I was to say, hey, we're, we're going to start having Bible study on, on Sunday night, most of us would be like, oh, we would. Don't lie. <laughs> we need nursery workers. Ah, oh. we need somebody to preach next Sunday. Ah, oh. I mean that's that's like for most of us that's our first response instead of oh, yeah, you know, be that little kid that sees a fire truck and you're like, oh man, look at that! Look how awesome that that could be. To say that the gospel work is boring is really to not be involved in the gospel work at all. Yesterday, was I tired when I woke up? Yeah, but I saw, I show up up here and there's like a whole army of people who are ready to tell McLeod about our church and about our Lord. And I'm thinking, that's really cool. And then like the float behind us was a lady who's over the WMU for the state, you know? And we were kind of amazed, you know, that that's pretty cool. They were there. And then not only that, but brother, they had just got back from Turkey and they've done some long-term IMB work for, <laughs> the, for missions work over there in Turkey. I'm like, okay, this is like super cool, man. God, you just keep like keep doing stuff. Then I see like two youth who, you know, 
who are seeking God now show up? Just, just things like that. I'm just like, okay, God, that's amazing. That's an amazing thing to see that. The gospel brings amazement. If we're, if we're not being amazed in our worship, if we're not being amazed in the, the proclamation of the gospel, guess what? It has nothing to do with style or who's preaching. What it has to do with is that we're not seeking God for the right reasons. God is good, right? You guys said it all the time. You know what? He's good even when we're tired. <laughs> He's good even when we're hungry. He's good even when it's 1149 and lunch is around the corner. He's good at all those times. Seeking God, preaching the gospel, devoting ourselves to the gospel, it's going to bring, or it should bring an amazement. I read a lot of Matthew Henry and his commentary on the Bible. and I want you guys to listen to this. He says, by the lights of nature, we see God as a God above us. That makes sense, right? You think about the, uh, the naturalistic religions of the world, God's kind of like, you know, here, right? It's natural. It's, you know, he's, he's, he's in a tree or, you know, you know what I mean? All the different religions in the world, that's how they view God. By the light of the law, okay? By the light of the law, we see him as a God who's against us. That makes sense, right? Because we, we can't, we can't, uphold that law. We, we can't keep the law. So he's a God that's against us. And so you got this natural God, you've got this law God, but check this out. I like this better. But by the light of the gospel, we see him as Emmanuel, God with us. That's what I'm preaching about this morning. Are there laws and are there ways that we should live our lives? Absolutely. Is God above us? Is God in the trees? You know, Martin Luther said that God's in the trees and the stars in the water. I'm sure some people thought that was weird when he said that because that wasn't a popular thought during that time period. Well, now you're sounding like the pagans. No, God is everywhere, right? We preach he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's all of this. This is our God. He's all powerful. He's everywhere. Yes, God is everywhere. That is God, but that's not all he is. Does God have laws and statutes and morals and all that? Yeah, he does. I mean, it's why, it's why I think that we need to, you know, if we can save a baby's life, we should. I'm not out there to make people mad. I have some very, very close friends, people that I grew up with who are like pro that, you know, and I'm like, but I still have to love them. I don't jump on them. I don't kick them in the throat. I don't throw chocolate bars at their head. Because here's what I believe. Emmanuel, God with us, can change us. The gospel is good. How do we continue to grow a church? How do we continue to do ministry here? Coming up on a year of you guys dealing with me, a year in, right? How do we continue to do that? How do we continue to, to go this direction that we're going? How do we continue to, to tell people about Jesus? It's by devoting ourselves to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So guys, do you hear that this morning? If we're not devoted, if we're not devoted, it's going to fall apart. If we're not devoted, it's, it's not something that's going to stick. It's not going to stay. So all of these things that we talk about, how, what the gospel does, how it brings beauty, it directs our focus, it's free. It brings amazement. Guys, we have to devote ourselves to that very call. And I know probably today I'm talking to the choir. There's a lot of people here who know Jesus. You've known Jesus for your whole life. A lot of y'all are probably like me. You accepted Christ when you were nine years old, right? You know, I was raised as a, as a preacher's kid. I've, I've heard about Jesus since I was, before I knew anything. 
But that devotion to the gospel is something we all need to be focusing on. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from this morning after seeing this, this example? You see a, a church that were, was devoted to coming together. They were devoted to the ministry. And everywhere they went, they were in amazement because God did awesome things. That's what church is. That's what the ministry is about. It's about just being amazed. You know, I, I, I think about my own life and how God just works things out. I went to Porum as a youth pastor there like 18 years ago. And there was a couple there by the name of Don and Carrie Cox who made it possible for me to go to that church. Because guys, guess what? I wasn't a Baptist. And we had some of those, you know, those hard shell Baptists in that church. And they were like, oh, I don't know. He's not a Baptist. You know, I mean, they kind of had that attitude about me at first. They, they, part, of the, part of the thing was we we're going to live in the parsonage there. And so, you know, we're moving in the parsonage. And my first run in with some of these people were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, that's a nice how do you do, you know? And so, um, but, you know, it, it's interesting because through all of that, well, you guys know Don and Carrie Cox, they were from right here. <laughs> so 18 years later, where does Daniel end up pastoring? Right here. By no connection there. Nobody knew that. Miss Sanja, she just saw probably on Facebook that we were moving here and she showed up one Sunday and praise God you're here, Sanja. You bless me every week, not just with your presence, but with your bread. Love that. That's right. That's right. And none of that was our connection, right? That was God, like how God works things out. And God does great things like that. That amazement, I, I just think about that. Like, okay, how cool is that? Because it's somewhere along the way, this church invested in those people who called me to be a pastor at Porum, and then I ended up coming back here. That's beautiful. You know, how cool is that? We couldn't do that ourselves. Not if we, even if we wanted to. The gospel is something that does bring amazement to those who will hear it. Church, where do we go from here? Well, here's where we go. We, we devote ourselves to the gospel. So much stuff coming up this summer. Man, I'm pumped. After our leadership meeting the other night, we talked about it. Ice cream social. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can get on board with that. I believe the Holy Spirit resides in ice cream. May we all leave filled with the Holy Spirit that night. We're going to do a cookout. I mean, there's a lot of neat stuff that we have coming up for the next few months and into the fall. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But even in those moments, you know, we can go to the lake and have a cookout, but I pray that the gospel is the focus that night. I pray that we're not just getting together and just enjoying our fellowship, which is awesome, but I pray that we think about someone we can take with us to hear the gospel. Some people respond better outside the church. <laughs> they might feel more comfortable sitting by the lake when they hear about Jesus, and they're like, yeah, that's, that's for me. Are we devoted? I pray you are, church, today. Maybe today you don't know Christ at all. Maybe you've never asked Christ to be the king of your heart. Maybe that's not ever been a decision you've followed. You've never repented and believed. And what I want you to understand today is that if we just believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. I want to encourage you today to make that forever change. That, that prompting of the Holy Spirit within you. Guys, we couldn't come to Christ if it wasn't for the work of the Holy Spirit. And if he's calling you right now, do not negate that. Today's that day. And believers today... If you're not living like you should, maybe you're not as devoted as you could be to the gospel, just take a few moments here before we sing. I want you to pray, God, God, may I focus on you. May I focus on your good news. Father, we love you. I thank you for this, this good news that I get to preach every 
week. But God, honestly, as a church, we are, we're commanded to advance it every day, to go into the world, to go into our communities, to go into our families. God, thank you for this good news. It's not bad news. It's good news that changes lives. Lord, it, it brings us to amazement. It's free. It brings beauty to a broken world. May we devote to you today, Father. God, I pray if there be anyone here who does not know you, that you would call them today as only you can do. Father, we thank you that no eye has seen, no ear has heard of the beautiful things that you have prepared for those of us who have been loved by you. God, would you move in this place in these next few moments in your name? Amen.